Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor, short with Martin Holland. Hello, Cash Flow Contractors. Welcome to this short episode of uh, the Cash Flow Contractor podcast, where we're all about less stress, more time, more money. Today, I want to talk about a difficult subject that is how do we manage our customers' expectations? When I was thinking about this topic, I remembered a quote by Alan Greenspan, the former uh, Treasury Secretary, I think it was. But he said, I know you think you understand what you thought I said, but I'm not sure that you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. That I just love that statement because a lot of times our communications, we know what we said, but we have no clue what the person we're talking to or the people we're talking to heard us us say. Um, I was talking recently with a client when he just came up and said, in the middle of the conversation, he just said, man, I hate this. He he said, my customers and I start out liking each other. We do a great job for them, but they don't appreciate it. Three months after their last payment, we're still doing what's so-called punch list items that weren't really a part of the original scope of the work. We're basically, not basically, we are, we're working for free and they're still unhappy. It seems like customers always want things beyond the original scope of work. If I keep on giving in, we'll work the rest of our lives for free. If I refuse, they'll just trash our reputation, which they'll probably do anyway. He said, man, this is no way to live. Does that sound familiar? He wants to know, what do these people expect from us? And that's a great expect or a great question. What do these people expect from us? This guy does complex design projects, and custom design is is especially tough managing customer expectations because there's so much personal preference and subjectivity involved. But it could also just as easily have been that he was a home builder, a remodeler, an architect, a pool builder, an electrician, irrigation contractor, or even somebody like me, a business coach, or any of us who sell complex services or projects that involve a lot of steps and client input. So I asked this guy, I said, how many of these projects have you done? And he said, well, I've done over 100. So how many has your typical client done? None. So it's fair to say that you have a good idea of what to expect in these projects and your clients don't have a clue. That's right. We all know that the way to delight clients and customers or prospects is to underpromise and overdeliver. Everybody says that. But in the reality, we also really want to get the sale and we're susceptible to overpromising in order to get it. Now, overpromising doesn't mean promising something you don't intend to do. That's just lying. More often than not, overpromising is a sin of omission. We just don't mention the bad stuff that pops up and we let stand their expectations, whatever those are that they've conjured up in their imaginations. That's true even when we don't know exactly what those expectations are. Now, if we're going to avoid hard feelings, bad reviews, and the cost of a project gone wrong, we have to do something to manage the expectations up front. Merely mentioning what could go wrong isn't sufficient because, like Greenspan said, what we say, what they hear, and what we all remember are going to be different. We have to manage expectations in writing. Now, professionals manage expectations without blowing the sale with an expectations document and and an attitude. Uh, that's really important is the attitude that when you tell people what is very likely going to happen, 
even if they don't want to hear it. You are the professional, okay? That is how you appear professional. This expectations document is in addition to your contract, you, which you've already got. If you don't, we'll do a podcast on that because you need to work with contracts. But contracts tend to be complex. They're written in legalese. Now, the expectation document should be simple. It, it's sort of like a checklist that you have at the closing or during a sales call to be sure you've covered the topics that are likely to come up. It shouldn't conf conflict with your contract. It should be written, in, but it should be written in short sentences with clear language. So what to include in, in the document is a matter of your experience. What has given you the most trouble? Unless you're brand new to your business, you should be able to come up with a list of items really quickly. Is it weather delays for construction? Is it a client's failure to make timely decisions on things like color or cabinet profiles or tile selections? Is it the completion date? Is it the domino effect of a prior client's schedule affecting a new client? Is it the unforeseen costs and change orders? We have to include tough subjects because they're the ones that matter the most. Now, well done expectations agreement. It's not just a list of everything that can possibly go wrong. That, that is an abdication and you will lose sales. But it is a list of things that often don't go as planned. Nor should it be a list of excuses that involve our safety and the client's risk. And for that reason, it begins with a list of what the client can expect from us. For example, you can expect us to deliver your detailed scope of work within one week of your down payment. You can expect us to begin permitting within three days, working days, of the receipt of your approvals. We can tell you, we can, you can expect from us that we will give you uh, a timeline of planned execution of the project and to tell you within one business day if we cannot meet that planned schedule. You can expect us to return your phone calls within one business day, uh, to answer your emails the same day we receive them, things like that. But they're things that you are committing to in the expectations document. Second section, and it should be second, not first, is what you are going to expect from your customer. Maybe number one is that you make all payments to us by the scheduled due date. Two, you're gonna direct your calls and questions to your primary contact at, and you give a cell number and email, a way to contract, contact a, uh, the, the person responsible that's dealing with the project manager. You can provide, you expect you to provide us with your material design selections on time according to schedule. You understand that work will stop and the schedule will change if you do not receive your content or your selections on time. Understand that weather, day, weather delays are common in the construction business if they are in what you do. Understand that one day of bad weather may result in longer days due to a scheduling domino effect. Things like that. You can go through your mind and just think about the customer issues that you've had in the past and begin to make a list of them. Whatever your business is, the expectations document should address communications. I've always said, and I believe it to be true, that 90% of the problems with customer relationships are due to poor communication, and the other 10% include communication as a factor. So communications is just immensely important, even when you don't want to make the call, and even when you get chewed out when you do. Of course, we have to live up to our promises, which is a second advantage of, a, of an expectations document. It sets, sets out clearly for us and our teams the promises that we've made. 
Okay, to create a document for your business, think through your past projects. What do clients or customers do or not do that's most annoyed you and created the most havoc with your projects? And just list those things. What misunderstandings have created the greatest delays or conflicts? Create your first expectations document using the topics you can think of now. And now that you've got a, a form written out, add topics to the list as they arrive in the future. It will get increasingly better and better and better over the time. Review those topics with the customer at the point of sale and ask them to initial each line acknowledging that you have discussed it, discussed that uh, topic. Encourage questions. Be clear. Don't overstate the possible problems, but don't sugarcoat them. Give, them, give your client a, a copy of their initialed and signed uh, expectations document. You can even make a video, not of your meeting, but make a video in which you list those things and send it to them. Now, they may not remember all the specifics you've talked about, but they will remember the discussion that you've now anchored in their mind with this document, and they will see you as a seasoned professional. The, the, we win either way uh, with a good expectations document. I had a salesman in one of my companies about 25 years ago. He was, uh, he was a pretty good salesman, but he was pretty straight, straight too, a little, a little more harsh than I would have been with customers, but it worked for him. And he said his attitude was we win either way. If we get the job, we get the job. If we don't get the job, we don't have to do the work. So I kind of take that as, as something around the expectations. We win either way. We either make a sale and work with an informed customer who pays and makes decisions in time, or we lose a sale and let our competitors suffer the hard feelings, bad reviews, and high costs of working with an uninformed, reasonable, unreasonable client. If you sell something by overpromise, there's just no greater hell on earth than if you sold something in your desperation for the sale, you overpromised what you can actually deliver. You feel really good at the moment of getting a deposit check and in your life as hell from there on out. Now the secret to getting ahead is getting started, so get started. Just right now, write down 10 things your customers can reasonably expect you to do, that you should do, and 10 things that often cause problems during and after a project. There's likely, if you write down 10 of each of those things and look at them, they're likely gonna be overlap. Like communication can fall into maybe five or six different categories, but try to reduce them to five responsibilities for you and five expectations for your customer. At your next sales call, pull out the list, go through it, answer questions, treat it like that checklist that it is, and keep working at it. Accept the responsibility. And it is your responsibility when things go wrong because the quality of your communications is the result you get. I'm gonna say that again. The quality of the communications, of your communications, is the result you get. When you present the ex expectations document, you will look like the seasoned professional that you are. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.